Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with Tonight God. Tonight is uh, part two um, of breaking up with our baggage. Uh, who enjoyed last week's message, uh, the first part, breaking up with our baggage? Um, and so uh, what we discussed last week is that there is some baggage that we carry with us sometimes that if we uh, do not let go of it or if we do not let um, it behind us, that if we carry these baggage with us into tomorrow, that's going to hold us back. Um, that the baggage of maybe a, a, of anxiety or the baggage of unforgiveness or jealousy or regret or guilt or, or past experiences, that if we carry this baggage with us, um, that it will hold us down uh, in, in the life that God wants us to live. That the more baggage you carry, the less blessings you can hold. And we, t- we, t- we discussed the importance of letting all those things go, of, of, of leaving those things behind, that we will not let the, 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 the past dictate our future, and that we had to break up with our baggage or our baggage was going to break us down. But you see, God did not call us to, to live a life that is limited. Uh, he did not call us to live a life that is based upon our past, but he called us to live a life that's based upon him based upon the access that he gives us. And so that's what we discussed in part one um, of breaking up with our baggage. So we're going to go a little bit more in detail. We're going to talk about um, our past. And the title for uh, tonight's message, turn to your neighbor and say, leaving our past behind. Leaving our past uh, behind. Because here's the thing. When we leave um, our past behind, when, when we choose to, to let go of the old, we're actually now able to step into the new. Because if we live in our past, we will steal from the present. But when we put our past behind us, we are able to step into the future that God has for us. Are y'all ready for tonight? Are y'all ready for this service? Let's do this together. And let's pray together. Pray over this service with me. Father, we just welcome in your Holy Spirit right now. Father, we didn't gather for no other reason to hear somebody speak, to, to hear songs. God, we, we gathered, Father, for your spirit. We gathered to get a touch from your son, Father, to, to be in the presence of the Almighty. So that way, things that we struggle with, things that we are trying to overcome, that we're able to have access, God, that we're able to step into, Father, things and identities and blessings that you've called us to have. So, Father, have your way tonight, God. Begin to stir us up on the inside. We thank you, Father, for open minds and soft hearts. God, we thank you, God, that your will is going to take place. We thank you, Father, that miracle signs and wonders are going to happen. And that, God, that we are going to leave this place encouraged. Father, you're going to leave this place, God, with more uh, of your identity on the inside of us, Father, with more joy, God, and peace and love, Father. God, we're going to leave this place feeling complete. We love you, Jesus. And everybody say amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus one more hand clap of praise. I don't know if y'all know that. It's kind of, it, it, this is kind of common um, knowledge, but um, elephants have a great memory. You probably learned that in elementary school. Or is anybody like me watches Discovery Channel all the time? Animal Planet? You know, you know back in the day, um, watching all these documentaries, and, and you'll see that elephants have a really great memory. They actually have the largest uh, brains uh, of, of all animals. They have the largest brain. And they, their memory is so good that, that they have recorded and studied that elephants uh, during a season of drought, that they will be able to return to the, to the smallest puddle of water or pool of water um, and find a location of it, even if they haven't been there in decades. 
Like they will be able to pinpoint a, a small body of water that they remembered years and years and years ago was there and that they're able to return to it because they had that good of a memory. Um, they also been recorded at like a, a, an elephant that was in a zoo or, or in some kind of, uh, you know, um, holding or, 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 or circus or whatever it was, that they would be able to recognize their zookeepers and their trainers even if they haven't seen them in years and they would be friendly with them because they have that type of memory. But their great memory can actually uh, be used against them. Uh, when uh, an elephant is being trained, uh, let's say, uh, in a circus or, or being trained in, in, in some kind of event, um, they will take the elephant when it's a calf, when it's, a, when it's a, a little elephant, and they will tie this elephant to a stake in the ground and, and use that stake to hold um, that elephant down and, and tie it to it. And when that elephant is, is young, he is unable to break free of it, and after, you know, spending all day struggling with trying to break free from uh, the, the stake that's in the ground, um, that the elephant finally gives up. And over years, this elephant will grow, um, this elephant will get stronger, this elephant will get bigger, and it will get to the point where this elephant could easily snap that stake like a, like a, like a toothpick. Uh, an elephant can grow to 10,000 pounds and, and over 13 feet tall, and, and even though they are still growing and getting stronger and getting bigger, the same stake that held them down when they were a calf is still there keeping them chained. And even though that they are fully capable of breaking free because they remember how they weren't able to break free when they were a calf, they won't even try to break free when they're in adults. And so trainers are, are able to withhold these large animals uh, with a little stake in the ground. In the same way God created us, uh, you and I, with great memories, uh, we're able to relate uh, things, we're able to, to look back you know, in the past and be able to remember and use those, those memories to, to uh, make decisions in the future. But in the same way, uh, we can sometimes have our past be a liability and we can almost feel chained to our past, uh, chained to a mistake, chained to a insecurity, chained to something that happened in our past. Even though we have grown older and stronger and wiser, we still feel like we're chained to the old us, to, to something that happened in our past. See, the, the past is not meant for us to, to live in. The past is meant for us to, to learn from. That if we just live in the past, we're never able to step into the future. But the, the past is not meant to be lived in because the longer we live in the past, the more we steal from the present. And that's why the title for tonight is Leaving the Past Behind because sometimes we, we know that there's these past experiences that are behind us, but for some reason we carry those past experiences with us into the present. For some reason, we, we carry that past hurt with us into the present. For some reason, we carry those past mistakes and that, and that guilt and that baggage, and we carry it with us into the present, and we, when we feel like we're restricted to make decisions, to, make, uh, to do anything in the correct fashion because we remember how we failed in the past. But see, that is not the life God called us to be. God did, did not call us to be like an elephant restricted by something so small. God called us to live a life uh, that is not limited by our past, 
Uh, so with Jesus, we now have access to that. And so where we're going to pick up is in Genesis chapter 9. Uh, Genesis chapter 9, uh, verse 15. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. And while we are making our way there, I'll give a little bit of context of where we're picking up. Uh, so we're picking up with a story about Lot. Now, Lot is the uh, nephew of Abraham, and he lives in the city of Sodom. Now, Sodom is the nearby city of Gomorrah, and these two cities, if you know the story, they are uh, very wicked. They were a very uh, a, a sinful city, so much so that Scripture actually says that their sinfulness uh, made it up and it was heard about by the Lord. And so he was set on destroying it. And so uh, the Lord sent two angels to destroy the city because it was so wicked. Now, Lot, who lived there, he was set aside to, to be spared from the destruction because he and his family were actually the only ones in that entire city to still be faithful to God. And so now with the coming destruction, Lot and his family are about to escape the city. And then that is where we pick up in verse 15. Is everybody there? Is everybody there? So in verse 15, it goes like this. So when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to, to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. But it says this, and while he lingered, everybody say lingered. It said while all this was happening, the, the destruction was coming, it says that Lot lingered in the city. So a little bit more context about Lot. Lot was not ignorant about the type of city he lived in. As a matter of fact, when he was choosing a place to settle with his family, he was fully aware of the sinfulness and the wickedness of Sodom. He knew what the, the city held. He knew what kind of, um, of really evil was going on in the city. But, but Lot was drawn to the city because he saw that he could be successful there. He, he saw how he could have uh, a great uh, a life um, um, money-wise and influence-wise. And so despite all the wickedness, he, he brought his family and they settled in Sodom. And when Sodom got there, he, he soon found that success. He found so much success that Lot grew really fond of the city to a point to where when the city was being destroyed, uh, Lot, he didn't want to let it go. He was lingering in the city, and he didn't want to leave behind uh, the city. See, a lot of times uh, what happens is that we can become so focused on the past. We can become so focused on like maybe past success or past mistakes or past uh, experiences that when God has called us to the next, we don't want to leave those things behind. When God has said, now it's time for you to move on, when God says, now it's time for you to go to your next, we kind of linger for a little bit because we're still looking at the past. We're still looking about how things took place. We're still looking about how things went wrong or how things went right. See, when God says move on from the past, he's talking about everything. He's not just talking about mistakes. Some of us, we're fine moving on from mistakes, right? We're fine with moving on from things that went wrong, but some of us, we get stuck in the past when things go right. Because you say, God, you know what? It's going great right now. It went great back then. Let me stay back there. Why do I have to move on? And you see, this is where Lot is. He is lingering in this city that he has found success in. And even though it was, the t it was time for him to let go, he was refusing to move on. He was lingering. Point number one for tonight is if we don't let go of the past, we will always linger in the past. If we don't let go of the past, 
we will always linger in the past. See, if we live in the past, we will always be limited by the past. If we live in old mindsets, we will always be limited by that old mindset. If we live with the same old insecurities, we'll be limited by those old insecurities. Whenever I think about this, I always think about Napoleon Dynamite. I think about Uncle Rico. We all know Uncle Rico in our life, right? Uncle Rico, who's like 40-something, but he still hasn't left high school. Like Uncle Rico, y'all seen Napoleon Dynamite, right? I mean, it's kind of holy, right? It's not too bad, okay? <laughs> Uncle Rico, right, he's 40-something years old, but he doesn't want to move on from high school. He doesn't want to move on from the past because all he keeps on thinking about is, man, if that thing went right, if, that, if I was able to do that years ago, man, my life would be great. And so all he could do, if you watched a movie, was talk about the past. And he lived years and decades of his life lingering in the past, so much so that he even realized that his life was messed up. So much so he didn't even realize that he hasn't made any progress in his life because he's been lingering in the past. He doesn't want to leave the past behind. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to move on from that mistake. He doesn't want to move on from that experience. He, he wants to let the past linger in the present. You see, if you let your past linger too long, you're going to stay in your past for your whole life. If you let your past linger in your present, you're never going to be able to find the correct steps or direction to step into what God wants you to have because you're too focused on the past. But see, God, God does not want us to be an Uncle Rico. God did not call you to be an Uncle Rico saying, hey, look, you had a great season of your life five years ago, and that's all you're ever going to have. And that's all how it's ever going to be good enough. And that's all you're ever going to get is that great season of your life. So you might as well just look at your past and live from it because it's never going to be good again. And you see, that might sound crazy, but a lot of us, we just look at our past and we see, kind of see a season of our life that might have gone well or might have gone great. And so all we do is kind of try to, to make that happen again and to replicate that season of our life again when God has called us to move on. God has said, no, I got greater things ahead of you. Why are you lingering in the past? Don't you see that I have things even greater in front of you? But for you to step into it, you got to let go of the past. See, Lot, he's looking around. He sees Sodom and Gomorrah. He's seeing all the success that he's had. He's seeing all the money that he has. And he wants to linger in it, even though it's being destroyed. He wants to linger in that city, even though it, it's being burnt down. See, that's what happens if you stay in our past for too long. We want to, want, we want to linger in it. And even though it's breaking us down, we don't even realize it because we've been lingering for so long. And see, it doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you might have had. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, even success you might have had. Let me just encourage you, do not linger in your past for too long. Yeah. Always believe that God has a better tomorrow for you. Always believe that things are going to get better in the future. Because if you linger in your past for too long, you're going to stay there. You're going to live your entire life thinking, wow, I wish it was 20 years ago. Oh, wow, man, I wish it was 10 years ago. Oh, wow, I wish five years ago, oh, man, that was great. No, God has something so much better in front of you. That's the type of God that we serve. He's not a God of the past. He's not a God of greater things that were. He's a God that's greater things is yet to come, that the best is in your future. The, the, your future is going to totally outdo your past. But you have to step into it. If you let your past linger, we'll never be able to step forward into our future. 
So we got to stop being limited by what happened yesterday. We got to stop being limited by what happened five years ago. Because can I tell you the truth? It doesn't matter what happened in the past. If you let it go, God will bring you into a new future that is so much better than what the past was. Or if you're saying, no, my past was messed up. I don't want to go back. Then good for you because God has a better future ahead of you. God always has greater things ahead. And that's, that's what God has called us to do. Not to linger, but to live in the future that God has for us. To move forward, to bring his kingdom forward, for the church to move forward. Not to, to recollate on the past, but to move forward into the future that he has for us. Come on, if you're ready to step into tomorrow, just give Jesus a shout of praise right now. Say, Father, I'm ready. And that we're not going to linger in yesterday, but let's step fully into tomorrow. So as we continue on in verse 16, it says, The man took hold of his hand. Uh, the angels, they, they grabbed him by the hand, almost like a, like, a, like a mom at the airport. You ever seen them? Like they're gripping that child's hand so hard. And they're like, I ain't letting you go. Or like a theme park. They, they grab him by his hand, his wife's hands, and the hand of his two daughters. And, and it says, the Lord being merciful to him, they brought him out and set him outside the city. They, they grabbed him by their hand. I want you to picture this. Lot, he is, he is lingering in the city. The city's about to be destroyed, yet he doesn't want to leave it. He doesn't want to leave the past behind. He doesn't want to leave the city that he's been successful on. He doesn't want to move on to next. He wants to linger in the past. But it still says that the angels, they grabbed him by his hand. They could have easily said, okay, you want to live back there? Then die back there. And they could have moved on. They could have been destroyed with the city. But the angels, they grabbed him by the hand and led him outside of the city. This is what encouraged me about our God. That even when we're stuck in the past, he doesn't leave us there. Even when he says, hey, I'm trying to bring you to the future. I'm trying to bring you to the future. He, 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 God doesn't say, okay, you've been lingering too long. I'm going to leave you, and you're going to stay there. No, he, he, he doesn't leave us. Even when we're unfaithful to him, he's still faithful to us. It says, here, let's grab, let me grab you by the hand, and let me pull you into the future. And that's what a life with God should look like. Not us relying on the past to make decisions about our future. Not us saying, well, before, before I, I step into tomorrow first, let me, let me look at yesterday and how all those, those things, then I'll make a decision. No. Grab a hold of God's hand and let him take you into tomorrow, not knowing what it holds, but knowing that God is holding your hand and he's leading you there. That's living a life of faith. That's living a life that really that we're called as children of God saying, God, I don't know how this is all going to happen, but I thank you for your hand and that you're going to lead me in into the tomorrow that you have for me. That is the type of God that we serve. I mean, y'all thankful for the hand of God that it doesn't leave us? Even when we refuse to let go, he doesn't let go of us it says in verse 17 so so it came to pass they they brought them outside and in lots and then they, they told lot they said escape for your life do not look behind everybody say behind nor stay anywhere in the plain it said escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed the angels told them after they brought him out they said do not look back do not look back or you will be destroyed. Have you ever been walking in the mall or anywhere and your friend tells you not to look behind you because they don't want you to see something? What's the first thing you do? You look back, right? See, it's easier said than done to not look back at your past. Like it's really hard to not 
allow your, your past to, to infect your mind when you're making decisions about the future. I mean, it's really hard. Actually, it's, it's impossible to do that without Jesus. That without Jesus, we actually had no choice but to be held down by the past. But because of what Jesus did on Calvary, he removed the grips of our past from our hearts and our souls and our, our eternity so that we, we could step into a future with him. Because before Jesus, we all had the same past. All of humanity had the same past before Jesus. And that was that Adam and Eve failed and brought sin into this world. And it didn't matter what our future held, our past was holding us down. But now that Jesus entered the equation, he removed the grips of sin and passed from our lives. And now because of what he did on Calvary, we now can say yes to him and his future. Who thinks that's awesome? That now we have a choice. Before we had no choice, but now we have a choice to step into his future. The angels, they, they look back at him and, and they say, do not, do, do not look back. Do, do not look back at Sodom and Gomorrah and what's happening. Keep your eyes forward. I, I believe they said that because they know how difficult it is for you to go forward while constantly looking back. They know how difficult it is for you to try to move in, a, in, in, a, in the right direction while constantly looking in the wrong direction. It's like, have you ever tried to drive your car on the highway while only looking behind you? Like, have, nobody's ever tried doing that? Yeah, that's really dumb, right? You'll, you'll get in a wreck, right, if you try doing that. But yet we do that all the time when it comes to life. We want to go in the right direction. We want to go forward, but we're constantly looking behind us or looking in the rearview mirror, thinking about our past, thinking, well, well, remember what happened in my past? Yeah, God, I know you're calling me here. I know you are, but you remember how I got hurt back there? I, God, I, I, know, I know you want me to start this, but God, remember how I failed back there? And we keep on thinking about the past, and we try to drive our life forward while looking at the rearview mirror. And then we wonder why we're getting wrecks in life sometimes. And right, and we get something gets messed up, and we look up to God and we shake our fist, right? We're not supposed to live a life like that. We, we, we cannot be focused on, on the past while also trying to step into the future. If we do that, we're gonna, we're gonna trip up, we're gonna mess up, we're gonna go in the wrong direction. Point number two for, for tonight is this focusing on our past creates problems for our future. Focusing on our past creates problems for our future. Trying to move forward while focusing on the past will only lead you in the wrong direction. Trying to follow after God while also just checking behind your back all the time, while always trying to look at your past all the time, that's going to lead you in the wrong direction. To be able to fully step into everything that God has for you, you got to say, God, I take off the past. I'm letting go of that baggage. I'm, I'm dropping it, God. I want to focus after you. And when you have that, you'll have the clarity to follow after him. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not saying not for us to, to not learn from our mistakes, right? We're, we're supposed to learn from our past, right? But let, let us not be limited by our mistakes. Let us not be limited by our past. Let us not think, okay, God, it, it didn't work then, so it won't work later. Let us not think, God, well, I, I got hurt then, so I'm just going to get hurt in the future if I do that, God. No, instead say, Father, I'm not going to let the past hold me from the promises that you have for me in the future. Don't let those mistakes hold you back. But in the same way, don't let your success in the past hold you back. Sometimes when we, as humans, it's, it's, it's the human uh, really uh, mindset that we have is that when we experience success, well, what do we want to do? We want to repeat it. We think, oh, we found the secret. 
Like, oh, well, this went right in my life. I, I got to do that over and over again. And we, re, we try to repeat that success over and over again. And before we know it, we have more trust in our routines and our systems than we do God. And God's saying, look, I called you to do something new and greater. And say, no, God, look, I'm doing pretty good right now. Like, I kind of found a secret, and you probably don't know about it, God, but I found this secret, you know, I found this routine, I found this system, and it's working really good for me, so I don't want to move it, and I don't want to break it, I don't want to break this pattern. And then we stay in that same, same pattern, and we, and we never step into the, to the, to the better and to the next that God has for us. So don't let your mistakes hold you back, but don't let success uh, keep you in the past either. Say, God, I know that you have better things ahead of me. In verse 18, it says, then Lot said to them, you know, they're, they're, they told him to escape to the mountains. But Lot said to them, please know, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have increased your mercy, which you have sown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. He said, see now this city near enough to flee, and, is, and it is a little one. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a small town. It's a small town. Please let me escape there. This, this, it is not, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to them, see, I have favored you concerning this also, they told him. And in that, I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. They said, hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the, this, of the city was called Zoar. Everybody say Zoar. So Zoar was that small city, small town uh, that Lot and his family escaped to instead of the mountainside. So let's talk about Zoar for a little bit. Uh, so Zoar actually means small and insignificant. Small and insignificant. That's, really, that's literally what Zoar means. Um, small and insignificant. So Lot, you've got to remember, he is used to living in Sodom and Gomorrah which was the most successful cities in the, in the region. Uh, they were known for their richness in, in, in gold and silver, and they had so much success. And even Lot in, in Genesis 13 compared that city to the, to the Garden of Eden, to the Garden of the Lord. He was so really taken back in and in all of that city, and he goes from Sodom and Gomorrah, one that he, he feels like he has so much success in, to this small town of small and in, insignificant Zoar. So basically, Lot went from L.A. to El Paso, okay? I have nothing against El Paso. It just, it just rhymed in my head. So he went from this big city, this big successful city, he went from this, this lavish lifestyle, from this, from this life of success to this small town Zoar for escape, to, the, to this small place. So Zoar, he, they get to this town, and, and it's small, it's insignificant, it's nowhere near to what Sodom and Gomorrah was. But I think we can all relate to a, a, to, to a, a Zoar season in our lives. Uh, like a like a like a soar moment. Like like let me explain like a soar moment. Like you you pray to God. You say God, I'm in a really toxic relationship. Father, it's eating me away. God, remove me from this relationship. So God answers your prayer. He protects your heart. He removes you from that relationship. But now you're single. And now you're saying, God, I'm lonely. And then you're saying, and then you begin to think to yourself, man, was that relationship really that bad? 
And you begin to think about, right, all the good memories you all had. And you totally forget about the, about the hurt and the pain and the, and the toxic. But you think about all those good memories. And then you be, even begin to convince yourself that maybe you should go back. Maybe you should go back to that relationship. And because you, you feel like you're in this Zoar season, it's small and insignificant. Or, or, or what about this? You, you pray to God, say, God, God, get me out of this toxic lifestyle, this, this lifestyle of, of pain and regret. God, get me out of this. So God answers your prayer, and, and he, he gets you out of that lifestyle. But now you're looking around like, God, my life is boring. You know, and, if I, and you begin to think about that lifestyle, looking back and think about all the fun you had and, and think about how awesome it was. Can I just tell you this? If you think living a life for Christ is boring, you're not doing it right. I'm just going to tell you right now. Living, living a life for Christ is the most adventurous, fulfilling uh, awesome life you could ever imagine. It will go beyond your expectation if you give Jesus the chance. But I said to say this, do not go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't go back and, and begin to think, because this is how the enemy works. When you get out of that Sodom and Gomorrah and you get into like a Zoar season, because sometimes God will take you in a Zoar season that feels small and insignificant where your life kind of slows down. So that way he, your body, your mind, and your soul can get that chance of rest to heal and recover before God brings you up to something bigger and better. But so we cannot neglect those seasons of, of, of healing and, and really when, when they feel small because the enemy will try, to, will try to convince us to go back. The enemy will say, oh, oh, go back. Do you remember how awesome that relationship was? Do you remember how all the good memories, remember that lifestyle? But what the enemy never reminds you of is the heartbreak. He never reminds you of, of, of all the, the, the misery and, and the depression and the anxiety that that lifestyle had too. But see, the enemy will always try to convince us to go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. But see, sometimes we have to go through those seasons with, of, 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 of Zion, of Zoar, that, that, that season of, of Zoar, so that way we can get out of the Sodom and Gomorrah mindset. So that way we can get out of that lifestyle. So that way we can get out of that that cycle, and so we can say, God, sometimes you just need a season where it's just you and God. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you just need a season where it's just you and God, and you're saying, Father, life is really slow right now, but I'm going to take this moment to get closer to you. There's been seasons in my life, there's, and I know there's going to be seasons that come where God says, oh, no, 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 you need to slow down. You've been getting too caught up in success. You've been getting too caught up in the things of the life. You need to slow down right now, and you need to re reconnect with me. And go deeper with me. And because here's, let me give you a secret in life. The deeper you go with God, the higher he can take you. The deeper you go with God, the higher he can take you. I, I know that a season of, of promotion or, 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 or more success is about to come when I feel God calling me to go deeper with him. When I feel that calling, when God says, hey, hey, it's time to slow down. And you need to go deeper with me. I know, God, there's blessings on the way. Because I know if I obey that voice and I go deeper with him, he can trust me to take, to take me higher. And to, to, to give me a promotion because he knows I'll always go back to him. That's what those seasons are for. But I just want to encourage everybody, do not go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. If there's one thing that I see uh, when I get questions or people ask, they say, how do I not go back? How do I not, how do I not go back to that old lifestyle? How do I not go back to, that, to, that, to, the, to the past? How do I not go back? Here's the thing. The only way to not go back is you have to replace it with something. You have to replace that lifestyle with a lifestyle with Christ. See, if you just press pause on your old lifestyle, but you don't pick up right, the cross daily and follow after him, you're going to be convinced to go back. But when you 
turn your back on that lifestyle and or on those things in the past and you begin to pick up what what God has for you you're going to realize wow this is so much better this is so much greater but see if you don't replace it you're always going to go back but once you replace it with the things that God has for your life once you go from one addiction to, uh, to addiction of, of being in God's presence that is so much better and more fulfilling, that is how you're able to move on. So let us not get stuck in our past. Let us not return to the old or return to the, to the past because God always has something new for us. The best is yet to come. The better days are still to, to be had. Let us not get stuck in the past. Let us be able to leave our past behind. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm leaving my past behind. It's time to leave our past behind because if we don't, if we carry our past with us and we think about all of our, all of our mistakes and all the things we did wrong and even things that we did right that we said, I'm going to keep this with me. If we carry our past with us, it's going to limit us to what God can promise us and, and bless us and, and the purpose he can give us. We've we got to leave our past behind and step fully into the future that God has for us. Amen. We all stand with me tonight. I'm closing. Verse 23. It says, The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. And from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back. Everybody say, she looked back. She did what she was told not to. She looked back. She looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Became a pillar of salt. See, Lot's wife couldn't let go of the past, so she perished with the past. Lot's wife couldn't, couldn't let go of Sodom and Gomorrah. She couldn't let go of that lifestyle, so she died with that lifestyle. She died with that city. See, many theologians believe that Sodom and, and Gomorrah are, are buried beneath the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is, is, the, is the saltiest place on earth. It actually has nine times the salt as the entire ocean. And because of that, the, 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 the water is so toxic and no life can grow and there's, there's no plant life. Really, the only thing that can survive in the Dead Sea is, is bacteria and, and parasites. See, uh, a, a little bit of salt, that adds flavor, but too much salt, and you don't have any growth. In the same way, our past, we're just supposed to glean from it. We're just supposed to learn from it. We're even supposed to just thank God for it. Say, God, thank you for what you did, but we're not supposed to stay there. We're not supposed to live in the past, because if we live in the past, our lives will become like the Dead Sea. No growth, no progress. To stay in the same place, not, not being able to, to move forward. No, no new things, just the, the old things on repeat. But God has called us to live a life that is excited about tomorrow. I don't know how long it's been for you to be excited about tomorrow, but it's time for you to get excited about tomorrow. It's time for you to get excited about the future. It's time for you to get excited about the next. Because let me tell you, the best things aren't behind you. They're in front of you. And the more you begin to believe and you say, God, I trust you that the best is yet to come. God, I thank you for where you've taken me. I thank you for what you've blessed me with. God, I, I thank you for what you've done. But I also thank you that the best is yet to come. 
God's blessings be upon you. See, the story of Lot and his family is really a story of them trying to escape their past. They were trying to escape Sodom and Gomorrah. They were trying to escape destruction. And, and that's how we feel. That's the relationship that's, that maybe some of us have with our past. It seems like we're just trying to, to outrun our past. We're trying to escape our past. We're trying to escape our guilt. We're trying to uh, escape our mistakes. We're just trying to get away from it. And the more we run, it always seems like our past is chasing after us. We constantly get reminded of who we used to be. We constantly get reminded of the mistakes we made. We constantly get reminded of all the things we've done wrong. And we get reminded of our past. And we feel like we can't escape it. I want to close with this scripture in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Now, if anybody has had a past, it was Apostle Paul, Okay. I don't care what kind of mistakes you made. Apostle Paul makes you look like a saint, okay? He was a murderer. He was an abuser. He was an oppressor. He did about every wrong thing you can think of. He was religious. He, he did everything wrong. But watch what he says in Philippians 3, verse 12. Talking to the Philippian church, he said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. He says, I know I'm not perfect. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He said, no, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past. Everybody say, forgetting the past. And looking forward. Everybody say, looking forward. Looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul knew. He said, I was a murderer. I was an abuser. I was an oppressor. I did every wrong thing in the book. But because of Jesus Christ, I can forget about all that. I don't have to think about all those things. I don't have to consider, well, how is my past going to affect my future? Well, how do I have to make up for that? God, how, how, how are these things going to work? I don't have to think about all those things because of Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life. I want to close with this thought. is that our past doesn't need to be escaped because our past has been erased. Our past doesn't need to be escaped because our past has been erased. Our past doesn't need to be run from. Our, our past doesn't have to be something that's constantly in the back of our mind and feel like we're on the run from it. But can I encourage you that with the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, all that is under the blood of Jesus, that our past has been erased, that we don't no longer have to struggle with it. We no longer have to thank God, how am I going to get over this, God? How are you going to work things out, God? How am I even worthy of forgiveness? No, once we have been covered by the blood, and say, Jesus, forgive me. Our past has been erased. You don't have to run from it any longer. You don't have to be ashamed of it any longer. You don't have to feel guilt any longer because it has been erased by the blood of Jesus. What I want to pray tonight is if there's any of us that struggle with our past, that we always seems that when we take a step forward we're reminded of what we've done in the past that whenever we think about our future with God we're reminded about our past mistakes but but tonight let it be the night where we leave our past behind see God's already erased it when he looks at you he doesn't even see your past when God looks at us he doesn't even see our, our sins he sees his son and he says you are righteous you're called but let us be the ones to let go let us be the ones to leave it behind because God already did. It's erased. It's, it's, it's not there anymore. It's only there in our minds. But now let's leave it behind. With every head bowed, eyes closed, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that you are removing any kind of guilt. Father, any, any kind of, Father, 
um, burden of the past that is on our minds, that are that has infected our souls, God, that any kind of past hurts, God. I thank you right now, Father. If there's any, any kind of heartbreak, Father, that we experience by the by the hands of people or by the mouths of people, Father. Let us begin to get healed from that right now, Father. Let us begin to get our trust back into people. Let us begin to get our confidence back into people, Father. Let us not uh, be limited by past hurts no longer, Father. But now that we are being healed, Father, emotionally, God, uh, uh, spiritually, Father, that we begin to feel, God, that we are being mended, that we can leave that past pain behind. Father, if there's any kind of insecurities, God, if there's any kind of guilt, God, if there's anything that we struggle with, God, that, that we think that we're not good enough for the future. We're not good enough for your promises. We're not good enough for your calling. God, we, we kick that out of our minds right now in the name of Jesus, Father. Let those things be removed from our minds. God, let those insecurities be removed from our minds, Father. And let us leave the past behind and step into your promises, God. Step into your purpose that you have for our lives. Father, we thank you for removing father any kind of unforgiveness or any kind of things that we hold within us father remove it from our lives god in the name of jesus let us let go father so we can grab onto you god let us break up with this baggage that is holding us down so that we can hold on to you father let us be able to step into fully the future you had for us god father we don't want to walk forward while looking backwards, God. We want to walk forward with confidence, with, with, with faith, Father, with boldness, knowing that we are called and that we are loved. On this moment, whatever is on your mind, begin to let the Holy Spirit take place and let's, let's sing a song together. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit Riverside Church tx.com